Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When we spoke with um, Ambassador Ido Moed, he was the ambassador-designate for Israel last Saturday. He's now the full ambassador to this country. Ambassador, good to have you with us. How are you? Thank you for having me. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't know where to begin because it has been such a terrible, terrible week. And uh, I've talked to people in Israel yesterday who are just kind of trying to come to grips with everything they've seen and they've heard. And each Israeli person has been affected in one way or another by and directly by that attack. So let me just uh, begin with this, perhaps. You posted an op-ed in the Globe and Mail on your Twitter feed today by Yossi Klein Halevi about there being no good options for Israel in this war. A ground attack in Gaza, for example, poses many risks and dangers to the IDF, to Israeli hostages, and to innocent Palestinian civilians. Would you share with us, please, what your government, what options your government has, and how you're today approaching this war with Hamas and the determination to do away with Hamas so they're no longer a threat to Israel? Thank you, Roy. Um... I have to first start with uh, my condolences to uh, Canadians uh, who were among the victims of this uh, atrocious attack. Um, As time uh, passes and more and more information is uh, revealed, we understand that uh, uh, citizens, civilians from around the world were among the victims. Of this uh, of this attack, and that uh, it appears more and more that what we are dealing with is a, is a monster of magnitude that we have not encountered in the past. Uh, Hamas terrorist organization with ISIS-like practices that, uh, as we all, as we also uncovered in the uh, in, in what we've found in the areas and the places where they attacked, came with very clear instructions to murder, kill, kidnap and terrorize the people that they uh, encountered, whoever they were. So they were not just selecting Israelis, they were, uh, they took with them uh, local workers from Thailand, from Nepal, from wherever, uh, because they wanted to make a point that they don't want Israel to exist there anymore. Uh, So the point that is, what we are really doing right now is is trying to um, create a situation where we fight the Hamas monster and at the same time also keep the people and the population of Gaza out of harm's way. So to your question, uh, we have uh, a unit in the military that coordinates with the international organizations that are uh, uh, active in the Gaza Strip so that in advance already, because we've had some rounds of fighting in the previous years, we already agreed on shelters for the populations, for the population. So these are locations that we will not attack. Um, and they are also aware of our activity. We also created humanitarian corridors for the population to move from an area that is going to be targeted. We informed the population with pamphlets that this area is going to be targeted. Uh, but what we understand on the ground is that the workers of international organizations are prevented from leaving their offices. Population that is on the move is blockade, blockaded by the Hamas, and that 
the Hamas organization is uh, applying all possible means and measures to keep the, the population in harm's way. And so they, because they hide behind human shield, this is their tactics. Uh, they have nothing to do with the Palestinian political aspirations. They want to have Palestinian victims. That is their victory, people that are martyrs. And I don't know if you saw the, the sign that was carried today in the streets of Ottawa, but it was glorifying the martyrs. So it's just abhorrent that this kind of line and thought exists and actually enters the issue of Israeli-Palestinian conflict. This is not the Israeli-Palestinian conflict at all. This is the Israeli terror conflict, and this is what it's all about. Yeah, Mr. Ambassador, I have seen uh, so many disturbing images over the last week plus, uh, including the the Taliban flag in uh, in Toronto. So, right, it's uh, it's it's deeply concerning what's happening domestically, internationally. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on the pro Hamas demonstrations in this country? Many by university students and student unions, not only them though, and they consider Israelis to be occupiers of Palestinian lands, and they're unabashed in their support for Hamas even after the atrocities committed. What do you make of that, sir? I feel that much of the information that flows around uh, in this day and age of social media and of one line one liners. Sound bites uh, gets lost, and so um, people get caught by uh, wrong information, strange headlines. I would say, but usually very nasty headlines. And I don't think that uh, there is there is a real uh, interest at the moment to delve a little bit further into this into this issue, but we have to do it. We have to stop and think about what is going on here. Um, young people going to a music festival, being brutally murdered, assaulted, kidnapped, and 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 bodies mutilated. That is something that can happen probably every against anybody everywhere anywhere. But this is something that happens here. In, in Israel by Hamas terrorists. And so I, I, I am sorry for these graphic images that I'm portraying here and picturing here, but uh, when you think about a quiet life in Ottawa or in Toronto and anywhere in Canada, uh, people go about their lives, but uh, we have to think about people who feel that uh, they should do the most incredible things and what does it come from? And my thought, your question is, how can we make sure that in, in social media and other outlets that the information that flows there um, is information that can be that can be reliable? I mean, just to think of it that uh, somebody in the Gaza Strip uh, claims that 10 babies were butchered or that they use a picture of an Israeli kid that was killed by Hamas bombs among the pictures that Hamas or Palestinian sympathizers put on the web as a Palestinian kid that is a kid that is a victim of Israeli fire, that's just absolutely incredible. Uh, we should look together uh, how government regulators, how uh, companies, uh, their platforms, the social platforms, work in a way to make sure that uh, people are not incited, that people are, don't get the wrong ideas, because at the end of the day, those terrorists were brainwashed. They did what they did because they were absolutely brainwashed. I mean, they had families, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers. 
but they came to see whatever they came to see. They came to act as beasts, as inhumane creatures. And this comes, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, from some incredible uh, effort to brainwash them. And we could point to some of the reasons we could see that babies being brought up with weapons and uniforms and, and the scarf on the head to kill Jews. And so they've been fed like that. Uh, but this is something that we should all take very seriously because this is not just a, a local problem in the Middle East. That's a, that's a global problem. It is. And Ambassador, I, one of my guests yesterday in Israel was a mother whose daughter almost attended that music festival just at the last moment. She decided not to go. And you could hear the palpable relief in the voice of the mom because her greatest concern would have been that personal concern would have been that she would have lost her daughter. But uh, let me uh, again quote Yossi Klein Halevi in that op-ed that you uh, posted on X. He says, the Saturday massacre, and I think this aligns with what you just told me, the Saturday massacre was not an expression of desperation, but of genocidal intent. The tactics exposed the goal. Says it all, doesn't it? Absolutely. Word for word. And, and, and at the main point there, the tough choice that Israel faces is indeed horrendous. Because we have somebody who's shooting behind civilians at us, but not just shooting from afar. They they came in and they slaughtered 1,400 people in the most vicious way. So this this cannot continue anymore. This is not something that we should just stop and try to find peaceful ways to, to change. We have to fight this. We have to eliminate this. And we know that there is a price, and we will certainly definitely also pay a price, which we don't want to pay, but we have to. But this is a very sad situation, very tragic. And so I think in this context, the role that the international community plays is so extremely important. And uh, we we are very uh, grateful for the efforts that the Canadian government is uh, applying First, uh, very clear and strong statements, but also uh, the visit of Foreign Minister Melanie Jolie to the region, uh, meeting with the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Eli Cohen, meeting with uh, uh, Israelis. I think that that is extremely important because it shows a very strong solidarity that Canada has for Israel with all the concerns to application of international law, which we do, and we, we also are very transparent about what we do and how we do it. With all the concerns for the population, for the, um, uh, the threat that they are uh, exposed to because we have to fight these um, inhumane terrorists. Yeah, I was about to ask you about the reception by the Canadian government that you received and the people of Canada and how Canada can assist Israel. But I think you just answered my question. Uh, you are you generally, the, the, Israel is is um, pleased with the, with Canada's response and the, the, the uh, forcefulness of the response. Yes? Uh, Canada's friendship between Israel and Canada dates a very long way back uh, from, from the times of, of uh, Foreign Minister Pearson and his very strong involvement in peacekeeping forces and all throughout the years. So it is uh, no surprise that we hear this very strong support, uh, but it's very, very encouraging to hear it at this moment in time, 
to hear also the leader of the opposition voice very strong support, to hear it from all walks of life, from the business community, from uh, uh, all kinds of organizations and so on, and to, to have such a broad uh, embrace from the Canadian people, I think that is very, very important because we are in a very, uh, we, are, we are going to face a very difficult period and mm -hmm. this friendship means a lot to Israel and it's certainly not taken for granted. Ambassador Moed, speak to us please about the concerns Israel has about Palestinian civilians who are not involved in this um, directly, uh, but they are in the line of fire because they are in Gaza. And you mentioned earlier in our interview that Hamas is doing everything they can to stop them from getting out of there. So what's the Israeli concern about the, the, the civilian population in, in Gaza? Um, a, few, a few issues on that. As I mentioned earlier, of course, there is the uh, military uh, part unit that is responsible for coordinating with the international organizations that is uh, making sure that all the um, efforts that Israel exerts in the, in the direction of the population gets to them in the most direct and quick way. Uh, so what we are trying to do, uh, and by the way, we are also uh, um, calling on the uh, people directly by uh, uh, throwing pamphlets over the area. I mean, just to think of it that uh, Hamas dropping bombs and we are dropping leaflets, leaflets makes actually, actually the very clear distinction what we think about the population uh, and the Gaza Strip, that they should really uh, understand that we are serious. They know very well that uh, Hamas is embedded in their area where they live underneath their houses and in between them and on top of them. And so the only way to save them is to have them leave because we have to take this infrastructure out. And so um, what we're trying to also allow for is we understand it is extremely important to um, uh, allow for humanitarian aid to enter the Gaza Strip. I may uh, inform our listeners that uh, there are several, Gaza Strip is in the shape of a box, and so one side faces the sea, two sides face Israel, and one side faces Egypt. And so the sides that are uh, facing Israel, they, are, they used to be uh, entry points to the Gaza Strip for the shipment of goods, for the exit of uh, workers, traders, and so on, for exchange, which were open on a daily basis, of course, um, all throughout up until uh, last Saturday. The, um, at the moment, during the attack, all these all these uh, entry points were destroyed by Hamas, and they are rendered useless at the moment. So, the only way to get people or goods in and out is through Egypt. Egypt is concerned about uh, the movement of Palestinians into the Sinai, and so uh, they're also very concerned how uh, to manage this this entry point. But right. we know, and from our side. We want to create uh, humanitarian corridors so whatever goods are coming in will be protected and will not be harmed by incoming attacks from Israel against Hamas. Mr. Ambassador, I apologize that I have to stop the interview, but uh, we always come up against the clock. I do appreciate you coming back on the program, and I hope we can invite you again. There's so many more questions to ask. Thank you very much for having me. Lord. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.